comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is a man who once has been confused with Yop Stom. It's Logan Stump. Uh, the, the, the hairline isn't that bad, is it? Like, a, <laughs> like I, I've got some hair up there. And to be honest, I was like, I, I was looking for a picture to post with it, uh, like a Vin Diesel. Um, yeah, yeah. Picture, but I never got around to it because it was working. <laughs> yeah, I think Stu Holden posted John Strong today. <laughs> 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 Which was good. Uh, um, bad day for bald people. Yeah. Uh, if you have not been made aware... Uh, FC Cincinnati have parted ways with Yapstam. He came in during the break before MLS is back last mm-hmm. year. Um, and what Logan was alluding to, of course, is when they made their post and posted uh, the wrong guy, the wrong bald guy, when they welcomed Yapstam to FC Cincinnati. And that was embarrassing. So everybody made jokes of that. Um, and he's relieved of his duties as of immediately today. So it worked out well for us to have something to talk about on the podcast. Cause otherwise we'd just be talking results, but this is a pretty big, pretty big thing. Cause this is their fourth head coach mm-hmm. in what? How many years? Three years, three years. Yeah. It was uh, Alan Coke. As I say that uh, Ron Johns and then Yapstam. All fired in 2019, 2020, and 2021. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Tom Bogert posted current openings in MLS. There's three GM positions, FC Cincinnati, San Jose Earthquakes, Houston Dynamo, and five head coaching positions, FC Cincinnati, FC Dallas, Real Salt Lake, Vancouver Whitecaps, and TFC. Um. <laughs> There probably be more uh, at the end of the season, is what he would, which Tom Bogert says. I'm trying to think. We were just thinking about it, making jokes before the show. But who would get fired next? Caleb Porter. No, I don't think they've been that bad. They just won no. MLS Cup last year. I would say maybe Red Bulls manager. Yeah, Ty Ramos is still employed, isn't he? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, be another one that I would think. Uh, Almeida, maybe. Yeah, I, I could see Struber leaving Red Bulls yeah. because they haven't done anything. They've been really bad. Their fans just came out and opposed the, the, you know, 
the process that's going on there. And what, you know, it, it's something we've talked about on the show um, with Red Bull specifically, how our two New York teams are almost just feeder clubs yeah. for their other stuff. And that's not good enough for New York and it's not good enough for New York fans. And that's kind of what the letter was saying from the Red Bull fans. Like, you know, we don't blame the players. We don't blame the management even, but it's this ownership that is making us a kind of like funnel club. Yeah. And that's not what they want. They want trophies. You can't rope people. You can maybe rope casuals into the league with that kind of stuff. Like, oh, Brendan Aronson's been playing well. Oh, he went. He came from Philadelphia. That's really cool. Maybe I'll watch some MLS. But you can't rope in the diehards that way. The diehards are there spending their money, spending season ticket money on the hope of trophies. You know? Yeah. Um, and if your club, like we've talked about with FC Dallas, and we've talked about, again, with Red Bulls and NYCFC, if your club is not in the hunt for those, and it's been a long time, then it's going to be like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not here to just watch 18-year-olds, in the sense of Dallas, play for five games and get shipped off overseas, right? We're, we're talking about Pepe. Uh, he actually just had somebody come over and look at him, uh, Chris Smith, who um, reported that, reported Ajax is actually the club that was in looking at Pepe, which I think would be a good move for him. Yeah. But again, like Pepe hasn't been in the league super much, right? Like super much, super long, right? <laughs> um, that's going to be my new thing. Let's make a shirt. It's just a super, super much. much. Yeah. <laughs> super much. It's better than the Super League. It's super much. Yeah. <laughs> Have like it say super much and then greater than super league. There you yeah. Go. Um, yeah. But yeah, he hasn't been in the league long and you know, he's really starting to find his form. And then FC Dallas fans get to say, sayonara, you're mm. going to Ajax where we can never even really watch you. I think it's on ESPN plus, but I don't know if they get all the games, but it, it's stuff like that. That'd be a great move for Pepe, I think. But as a Dallas fan, you can't be proud that you're just shipping these players off over. Brian Reynolds isn't even playing at Roma right now, by the mm. way. Boa Vistas doesn't pay for Reggie Cannon, as we've learned. Yeah. So uh, they're not even getting the money that they should be getting from these moves. Uh, and when we look at Cincinnati, I was talking with you know um, the final third guys, Jack and AJ. They posted mm. um, something about how it was like their fourth manager in years, and I, you know, I commented on there saying. We cannot – they have to get it right this time. Yeah. This next time they have to get it right. Cincinnati has a brand-new stadium. They have a really good fan base. That was there even in the USL days. But even in the USL days, they were winning, and they were, uh, you know, going to U.S. Open Cup, uh, like, knockout stages against Chicago and beating Chicago and stuff like that that was uplifting, right? Mm-hmm. And now – Nashville came in the league a year after them and is already one of the beasts in the East. They need to take a page. You know, I know people say rebuilds can take a while, but if they can just look and see what Nashville did, I'm not saying it's easy to just, because everybody would just be doing it. Right. But mm-hmm. look at what they've done and try to go from there. Right. Like, um, some good DPs outside, which they, they brought in good DPs. I do think part of that is the coaching that, 
Yapstam hasn't been able to work those players in well enough. It could also be maybe next year we find out it's just actually they're not up to the level, I guess, right? Right. But right now you've had 36 points that, F- that FC Cincinnati has gotten under Yapstam after a year and a half, which is just mm. not good enough. You know, our friends over at um, Cincy Soccer Talk um, said that, you know, like that yeah. they, they give those point totals and it's just mind blowing to see that this club hasn't really put it together. Um, you know, I, I think next year we have to hope that they're not in the wooden spoon race, which is what we were talking about going into this year. Right. Right. Uh, and then my point being is if we're in this position two to three years from now where they fire another coach or two and they fire their GM again, and they're like, we're rebuilding again, mm. then they failed. And at that point, the Cincinnati fans are probably not showing up to West End Stadium. Well, I mean, what's your thoughts on this FC Cincinnati fiasco? So like you said, uh, eight wins, 27 losses, 12 draws, 36 points. FC Cincinnati, Jordan, hasn't won since June. <laughs> so that, I mean, it, it's not like it's gotten like progressively worse. It, it's just been bad. Like it, it's just been bad the whole time that it's been in existence it's they're they're now going to play toronto uh, in the next match and if toronto wins that they beat they hold on they did beat tfc in september september 11th did they yeah okay so this article must be but i think that was their first win since then sorry once sorry they've won once once since june um sorry that's what that's what the article says um but again once since june right and it's september 27th uh that's not good their star Striker has seven goals and I think it's 20, I want to say it's 25 matches that he's played in MLS, um, which is decent, I guess, for a younger kid that's just starting out. He's 21. Um, and that's been their biggest beef was that they just didn't have enough in the attack. But it, if you come full circle, they, they've they never been able to defend. Um, they open a brand new stadium and spend millions of dollars on it, but they can't spend any kind of uh, useful and, and productive money on defenders. Um, so that's been a big issue with them. Uh, I found an interesting quote, and I can't believe that this is actually somebody that works in power, but uh, club president Jeff Birding um, told Cincinnati Inquirer's Pat Brennan a couple weeks ago, he says, our unprecedented quick turn in MLS has hamstrung us in a way that we certainly didn't appreciate when we agreed to come in in 2019, or sorry, 2019, yeah, 2019, and probably Gerard's unfamiliarity with MLS, we pro- or he probably didn't appreciate the degree to which it would be hard to undo some of the changes, some of the decisions that were made prior. Basically saying that because they were so quickly thrown into this mix, which I don't understand, um, he says that's the reason for struggling. So I, I don't know. <laughs> when you read that, uh, it's not good from somebody that's uh, the president. No, it's not club. even like Nashville wasn't a quick turnaround, right. too. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say to that. Right. So that was his idea. Uh, Nightcamp uh, and them have signed hefty contracts that not many players have lived up to. Um, and then the article goes on to say that a MLS club's technical staff uh, of another club um, said that the issue was that they always try to hit the home run and completely with. So again, it, there's a lot to unpack with them and you could get into so many different reasons as to why they just don't play well. Um, 
you know, they brought in Jurgen Lukadia, uh, who didn't play well uh, in Mashiftov, uh, Frankie Amaya, who many thought was a talented player. They just shipped him off because it just wasn't working in the club. Um, I mean, you, you've got guys that they can't, you know, they're constantly bringing in and it just doesn't work. Uh, so I, I don't know where you start. And Jordan, you talked about it in our text messages. You've got to clean everybody out. Like everybody needs to be cleaned out. It, it needs to start in the front office and clean everyone out. Um, it sounds like the owners are willing to spend money, obviously. So I, I think getting personnel in there that knows how to build a club uh, and not guys that they think know how to build clubs, I, I think that's the biggest issue with them. They are promoting Tyrone Marshall, who is their U19 coach, uh, to, to be interim coach as it stands right now. And probably – I would assume throughout the rest of the season, right? I mean, I don't think you would want to rush the hire at this point, especially if you have an open GM spot. So the way I think it goes is that he will become the manager for the rest of the season. And then going into the off season, you're going to look for a GM yeah. and you're going to let that GM make their hire. And then you have to give it, I think these two to three years to see if anything, any progress, right? Like, yeah, what would be progress? Not be near the bottom of the table to be fighting for a playoff spot. Because, I mean, the way I look at it with with the way the East is right now, point wise, there is, uh, you know, they're thirteen points back of a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have, even if no, they were probably. Yeah, is that no, 13, right? Uh, no, Montreal's 37. 30. Cincinnati's 20. So Chicago is the one with 24. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I missed that. Okay. Yeah, 17 points back. That's even worse. Okay. So 17 <laughs> points back, right? Yeah. So even if they were in the spot that like the crew's in right now, where you're mm-hmm. conceivably four points out, even though you're only three spots higher in the table or whatever, yeah. would be like an improvement, right? Like, because at that point, you're still mathematically in it. You'd probably be playing a little better than you are now. But it just isn't the case right now. They haven't been able to have anything go their way. I, You know, they might get the new manager bump, right? Which might be bad for Orlando because Orlando faces them pretty quickly, right? Um, in these last stretch of games. But it's not going to be enough, I don't think, to – I mean – at this point, their goal has to be not finishing last, right? Like not getting the wooden spoon has got yeah. to be probably priority right now because they're only one point away from that. Mm-hmm. And they just got it last year. I don't know. It just seems like they're destined for it. And and, it, and that's horrible just because of how bad Toronto's been. But That's then, the thing. If Toronto wasn't as bad as they yeah. were this year, which wasn't for, really foreseeable, I guess, right? Then they would be. They would yeah. be last already. And they've got a. I mean, if you look at Cincinnati's slate, besides Toronto, um, they do have Red Bull, uh, but then they have Philly, Orlando, which aren't going to be easy matches. Uh, they've got Chicago, who's you know been a roller coaster ride themselves, but still ahead of Cincinnati. Miami, who I think is a better team than Cincinnati, but then they go play Nashville, Philly, and Atlanta to end the season, so it ends poorly. If they don't grab the points in Chicago against Miami, against Red Bull, 
uh, I don't know where they're going to grab anything else. And if they don't grab anything else, I do feel like Toronto's got enough to at least get some steam past them. And you're looking at another wooden spoon uh, for a team that's just going to be in disarray, looking for a GM hire, looking for a manager hire, and then hoping that they can find some defensive pieces. It doesn't seem likely um, that they'll be any what salvageable for next year. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be another really rough year next year too. So I don't know. <laughs> this is ugly. I did see something funny on Twitter though, just now. They tweeted a picture with the soccer ball and it said, that's not Yop's song. Yeah, that's soccer ball. <laughs> yeah. Cause the soccer ball is bald as well. You know, yeah. um, they just keep digging at the poor guy. Uh, they also fired two of his assistants, which I don't know if I've ever, like I've seen other coaches come in and terminate. Other it makes coaches, sense. But yeah, they fired two of the assistant coaches and, Academy players can take over, or the coach, the academy player could take over if he wanted. I, at this point, <laughs> probably, probably this an point. improvement. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, yeah, but you know, there's this real fear. I think that I don't think we have to worry about yet, but I do think, like I said, if then if this next hire doesn't go well, mm-hmm. that you know you could lose a soccer market here, not like forever, but like to the point where. People just don't don't take it seriously, right? They just say like, oh, well, I mean, they're not even trying, right? It's pretty much what probably I think some Cincinnati fans who are not like dialed in to FC Cincy, like let's say you're just a Cincinnati person. And the bad thing is, you know, really the Bengals seem to be turning it around a little bit too, which with Joe Burrow or else you could have really probably have had and the Reds have been kind of decent this year, or else you could have really had all eyes on you yeah. if you had put it together, right? But that was one of the things that they could have really maybe got some more press, some more um, fans there because of the state of their other teams. But now as, as you know, they're, you know, the Bengals are currently two and one, you know, maybe they take a back seat because they're a laughing stock. And it takes a lot to scrub that image off. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of like, you know. I mean, I would say like teams like the Marlins who weren't in Miami very long until, you know, they came in, they had a pretty good fan base, but then completely lost interest when everybody was not very good. Um, that's a good example of teams that just, I mean, there, there's a lot of teams that just come in hot and then all of a sudden it's, they lose that allure of being, uh, a new team, a new thing. Fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with all these new clubs coming too. I, I mean, yeah. there's always talk about Louisville. Can Louisville grab a spot in MLS because they've got that rivalry with with Cincinnati? Because you imagine if that team came in and was more successful than FC Cincinnati. I mean, that would that would be ugly. If I'm a Cincinnati fan, my rival is a team like Nashville yeah. uh, because they're sort of close, but also they're doing it well, and that yeah. would piss me off as a Cincinnati fan. Um, because we've talked about how rich the Cincinnati owners are, right? But mm-hmm. they just can't get it right. Um, and it, it it's just one of those things that, you know, you might have the stadium, you get all that stuff together. Hey, you know what, though? At least they have a stadium, right? They're not, you know, playing in Yankee Field or Red Bull Arena as a NYCFC team, which, yeah. you know, or – where Red Bulls do have their own stadium as well, but they're also just being kind of like a funnel club. You know, we've kind of lost that whole New York market, to be honest. We have two teams there, and none of them draw in anybody. 
because the experience is bad. Yankee yeah. Stadium to watch a baseball game is probably good. Yankee Stadium to watch a soccer game, not good. You can't even watch <laughs> it on good. TV good. You know, like um, and then you have the uh, what was I gonna say? The um, you know, there there's other markets that kind of have this danger about them. We worried about Miami. They've seemed to be turning it around a bit. But, you know, it's this, you know, they're the best team in the in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, but, you know, there's this worry that if you don't get it right soon, some of these fans might just walk away um, yeah. and might not even want to worry about checking it out when you do put it together. God, Twitter is just going off on, on Yop. Sorry. No, I was, you're laughing like, at. I was, I was like, like laughing okay. at... So I was laughing at that, but I was laughing at the fact that, I mean, I, I mean it's it's laugh in like a hurt way because I feel bad for Cincinnati, but just like reading all this stuff, it's just like, this is not good. I mean, you know. Well, we've talked you... about it with Orlando too, right? Yeah. Like that it, yeah. if they were kind of losing it after being a hot new thing because mm -hmm. they were really complacent. And then, you know, they started getting fans back to the stadium because of Oscar Preya and Nani and, you know, like the excitement yeah. that's coming from there. But, uh, you know, so I guess the, the key thing is if you win, fans will start coming back. But there might be a time where they just don't even care anymore. We kind of worry about that with Austin, right? Like, it's their first year. They're naturally going to be near the bottom. But we've already seen frustration from Austin fans on Twitter and people leaving early in games or, you know, people worried about them not selling certain times and stuff. Yeah. And that could be college football, could be anything. But it's the worry that, okay, well, if Austin doesn't get it together in three years, are mm -hmm. people still showing up? Because I tell you, when the Orioles were good, people showed up. Now, it's we're lucky to get 5,000 in there, right? So, mm -hmm. like, it, and when you have a smaller stadium in uh, soccer terms than some of the baseball stadiums, that 5,000 might be 3,000, might be 2,000 that you're getting there. We've, we've kind of talked about it with Chicago. We have a lot of up in the air stuff here. We don't talk about all the time because the expansion teams are coming in hot and they're coming in where we're excited for each one. And they're coming in with great stadiums, but we have a Chicago team that broke their lease with Bridgeview, right? Mm -hmm. And they are now in soldier field, but they don't draw fans there. Soldier field is empty during their games they're not playing well. That's probably why. But it's not kind of the relaunch they were hoping for coming back into the city of Chicago. Right. And by the way, then I see all these people complain that Soldier Field's tough to get to. People get there real easy for a Bears game. <laughs> right? It's not that I mean, hard to get to. They're like, it's I have not to in the best neighborhood. They're like, I have to like, take two subways yeah. and a bus to get there. Well, hard. you guys do it on Sunday yeah. for the Bears. How are you not doing it for the fires? Because they're not good. Right. I know the Bears are not good, but there's only eight home games. <laughs> you know, these you have like, what, 34 divided by 17. two? We're at like 17, yeah. 16, some, uh, 17 home games. That's a full NFL season nowadays. It's uh, It'll be interesting. I just don't know where you go from here besides cleaning slate. And uh, the situation is just so bad. They've won one game at home, so they're not giving their fans any kind of show. So, I, I mean – I really wouldn't. I don't know. Uh, you know, I know Cincinnati fan bases tend to be a little bit more. Um, how can I put this nicely? Um, 
they will stick around and support their club through thick and thin because they've got a lot of thick that they've been through um, and, and they've been really thin sometimes. So it's, I, I don't know, it, it's a tough situation. Um, when you look around the, the league, I, I can't name another franchise that's just been in a disarray uh, like this since, you know, unless you're talking about like a Miami or a Chicago. So uh, I don't know. It, it's a tough spot. It's tough sledding. And I don't really, I don't think that Cincinnati has it in them, even with the team that they've got out there right now to really have a skeleton of what could be a really good team next year uh, or a team that bounces back. They would need a lot of defense and they would need uh, a better midfield. They need better attacking players that can score more than seven goals a season. Um, their best player has been Luciano Acosta and he just came over. Um, other than that, Yubo or Kubo has been uh, a pretty decent player this year, but um I don't know. It, it's it's ugly. It's it's only going to get worse. I think. Just want to say too, they're adding Mercedes Benz Stadium into FIFA 22 this year. So, are they? Yeah, it just was announced on Atlanta's Twitter. So, was it in last year's game? I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe it, it was. I wasn't was sure, but game. they definitely like tweeted it as if like, "Hey, this is like it's a new game." Again. I don't know. It maybe definitely was wasn't last year. So. I don't know. They're weird. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so if we're looking at teams that might, you know, look, Houston's below Dallas right now. Um, and Dallas got rid of their coach. I could totally see Todd Ramos going, like you said. And I could totally see. Um, Raphael Wiki at Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Might be in trouble. And Stuber at New York. I, I would expect at the end, of, if they don't get fired this season, I expect once the season ends, they probably let them go. Yeah. Because everybody else is safe, I would think. Like, I, I think everybody's done well enough or they've overperformed or overachieved. Um, Aaron Losada looks like a godsend for DC United. Um, yeah. We were really high on him when he got signed, too. So. He, I think it is. It's just the connection to players, and I think he understands the style of MLS better than anybody. Um, I think him coming over, that's the biggest difference, whereas I think he op wanted it to be another league that he was comfortable in coaching, and in that Dutch system, it just doesn't... I don't know. I just feel like it, it never was going to work with him. I, I don't feel like he's... It never seemed like he had much of a connection to the players. It seemed like he was uh, constantly looking for different reasons as to why they're not performing the way that they were. Um, and to get fired that quickly. I mean, all their coaches, it just seems like that front office just doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and actually talk some results, I guess. Um, so we had some midweek action. Montreal beat Halifax in the Canadian Championship. Nashville destroyed Miami 5-1 on Wednesday. <laughs> Toronto beat York in the Canadian Championship 4-0. The Revs overcome Chicago 3-2 at Soldier Field. What was a close game. Uh, Red Bulls and New York City FC draw at Red Bull Arena 1-1. And Club Lyon broke all of our hearts in the League's Cup uh, final as Seattle had a lead and then uh, ended up losing 3-1, which was just brutal. Um then we had Saturday, and we had the Philadelphia Union beating Atlanta 1-0, uh, which was some uh, 
some good stuff there. That was uh, Shabilko um, scoring that. New England beat Orlando 2-1. Nani missing a penalty kick. Um, saved by Matt Turner, but it was really just a bad penalty kick. Makes it uh, 2-1 Revs. 2-1 Columbus over Montreal. D.C. United beat Cincinnati 4-2. Colorado draws with Toronto, surprisingly, 0-0. Minnesota beat Houston 2-0. Red Bulls get the better of NYCFC at Yankee Stadium, 1-0. San Jose beat LAFC 2-0 as LAFC continue to just not be able to get it together this year. This is just a lost year for them, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vancouver over Dallas, 1-0. Portland over RSL, 6-1. And then on Sunday, we had Chicago Fire and Nashville at Soldier Field. Uh, Nashville and Chicago draw nil-nil. Seattle beat SKC 2-1 with a fantastic team gold for the Will Bruin one, um, which was ra- team goal. I actually mean Ra- Raul Rui Diaz doing most of the work there and then not getting, um, unfortunately not being able to get it uh, in there. Then um, it going to Bruin, who gets it in there. And then Austin beating LA Galaxy 2-0 at Q2 Stadium. And we have some games coming up this weekend. But any of these results really jump out to you here? Um, I, I did Not necessarily the results itself, but a couple things that, like, uh, first of all, Ola Kamara leads the league in goals scored. I had no idea. I thought Rui Diaz still had the lead. It's 16 for uh, Kamara, who's two ahead of Rui Diaz, uh, who we thought, I, I mean, I thought once the season started, I thought Rui Diaz was on pace for at least 20-something. Um, but it, it seems like Ola Kamara's played extremely well. Paul Arreola had two goals for um, D.C. United, uh, so he's played pretty well. He's got five goals in 15 matches, so he's played a lot better. Um, I, I think it is. It's just talking, and we talked about it some just previously before this uh, when you were doing the recap uh i mean dc seems to have a team now where he's got a, a good set of guys where he's about 11 or 12 deep that that he relies on and i think this is a team that could make some noise in the playoffs you give him one game against the team um and i think he plays enough of disruptive soccer to really throw dc united in there as a team that could possibly upset some people i mean they've been, been relatively good form um their biggest struggle has been the away matches, but at home, they are 9-3-0. and um, So, you know, grabbing nine wins uh, for DC team that we thought was not a playoff team, um, nor were we, nor did we think they were going to be here close, I don't think. Uh, I think you had them maybe close than I did, but um, I don't know. I, I'm really impressed with DC if I'm talking about results. Um, other than that, uh, the next biggest one, I guess, was probably that Sounders one just because of the Sporting KC Sounders matchup that was on. Um, a pretty good result for for the Sounders. Tough loss for SKC at home, uh, especially if they're going to be chasing down Seattle and playing them in the in the Western Conference. Uh, I'm excited for that matchup if that happens, just based off of that game. But those are the two that just really jumped out to me uh, when I was looking back through the results. Yeah, I think for DC, I can show it because we have it here. We did have them pretty low. We had yeah. them, you had them 13th, I had them 12th. But I think when we were talking about Losada, we said, you know, 
if he can get through the early period yes. pretty well and get people healthy, he'd be fine. And they did very well in the beginning, and they've continued. And like you said, Ola Kamara, right, uh, has mm-hmm. been 16 goals, just been doing so well um, this season. And I think that was something that definitely shocks you because you don't, you weren't really following when Ola Kamara was good, right? Yeah. Like, um, he did have some bad seasons recently, yeah. but when he's hot, he can. He can put the ball in the back of the net, which is what he's been doing. So I can say honestly, I remember saying that I was concerned about Ola Kamara when I was talking about DC, and you said, based on his past, if he does go off, he's going to go off. And and he, <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> there he is, uh, sixteen goals, and like you said, having players healthy, um, like a Hamid who was not healthy at the beginning of the year uh, mm-hmm. has been a big thing. Uh, and Bernardo, yeah, Bernardo was, was injured earlier. Yeah, uh, Ariola had been hurt. Um, Flores has played extremely well. So, again, I think they've got a really good team. And, man, does he seem to know how to play well with the players that he has. And, really, he hasn't had much time to even add because he was a pretty late hire, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he was pretty yeah. late in the summer. I think he was one of the last ones. Um, so, to come in, and I know, oh, that's right, because he was stuck with COVID stuff. So, like, he had to come over – get tested, come in late, and get this team playing well. And he's done so playing that Losada ball that they said that he would bring over here, um, which has just been exciting because he just plays a different kind of style um, where he's going to get more attacking players forward. Um, not necessarily worry so much about the defense, um, but they've got a good enough defense back there with the Donovan Pines, with the Nature, um, with Birnbaum um, playing well, Julian Gressel. Um, so you've got kind of like that deeper midfield uh, playing with those guys up front. So. Yeah, I'm impressed with DC. Really, been since May that they've turned around. I was just looking. They won their first game, and then they had three straight losses, and then they were all away games, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then they had a win against the Fire. Um, Then they lost against Orlando and Philly. Then they beat Miami twice, and then they start going on their roll there, where they had you know mostly wins and draws, just a few losses. Until August 15th through the 21st, where they had three straight losses. Um, so they've been kind of at times hot and cold, but, you know, they've been been doing pretty much as, you know, as well as they can. Um, They're second and- in goals per match, um, only behind the Revs, and tied with Nashville, but more, I think, because of their games that played or something. Um, and then the other thing that, like, struck me, I'm looking through their stats, right? Average possession, they're 22nd, 47.2. Their big chances created, they're fifth in the league with 47. Meaning when they have the ball, they're creating big chances, but yeah. they don't have much of it. So it's it is. It's like that sock them, that counterattacking, sock them in the mouth, throw everybody forward, defend in the back, um, and, and get the attack started with like a Julian Russell. So like it, it it's really fun just to watch them and have them playing that well. Would you say that they are? Would it would it be a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs after being in this all time? Because I mean, like Atlanta's hot, yeah. and they're coming up for it. Montreal's been pretty decent, but I think that uh, you know Columbus is only three points off of them. There's been times where Miami gets hot, but would you think it's overall a disappointment, or would it be something to you know build off of going into next year? I mean, I think based off the the positioning from last season. Um, which I believe they finished 13th. Yeah, 13th. Um, obviously, it's improvement. So I think you take it 
as a good thing. But I do think it would be, I think it would be a, a bummer because you've been in those spots. I mean, they've been in that six, seven, six, seven spot eight. They, they've been in those spots. And I, I think when you're this late in the season, it's seen more of them coming undone rather than uh, performing well and, and, you know, making it through that next obstacle to get into the playoffs. I think that as a fan, yeah, I think you'd be pretty bummed because you've been up there all season and you've played really well. You're scoring a lot of goals. Um, their defense hasn't been great, but it's been admirable. Um, and, and it's kept them in matches where they can score four or five like they did against uh, Cincinnati. Um, I think it would be a bummer. I, I think if I had to pick of the teams, uh, obviously it's going to be D.C. Uh, in, in Montreal that I think are in some trouble just because of Atlanta coming up hot. Uh, and, you again, you never know. It's like Columbus is a snake in the grass. And I think Caleb Porter has said that he they, they're about the healthiest that they've been in a long time for this final stretch. Um you know, they've got different players coming back. Um, Zardes has looked pretty good, so he's kind of looked scary in a way that you could possibly get some points and sneak back up in the playoffs. But again, if I'm going to pick one out of the two, six or seven, I would say Montreal just because they just don't score as much as D.C. Um, I, I think D.C. might have a little bit of magic up their sleeve. Uh, and sitting in the sixth spot, they got to feel a little bit more comfortable where they are. Um, and their schedule to end the season is a little lighter. I yeah, think. I was just going to say that. Um, I think what this, I think what it comes out to is if you had told DC United fans that you just barely miss out of the playoffs this year before the season starts, they would have been like, that's good. Like that's an angry, mm-hmm. but I think like you said, with them being in these spots for a good chunk of the year now, and if they fall apart now, it would leave a bitter taste for them. But I think definitely at the end of the season, then they would still kind of look back and be like, okay, we still did better than we thought. Like yeah. with a brand new coach and, all of this that you know, we can. This is almost the same team as last year, right? Like it's not right. like they added a million pieces to this thing. They've added Abila, yes, who's only played like six games, yeah. by the way. Um, but it's been better there than he was with the Loons. Yes, so. yes. Uh, and that schedule you were talking about to wrap up their season, they have Minnesota next. So they have a rough four games. Yeah, right. They the have Minnesota, Orlando, Nashville. New England. Then you get NYCFC, Red Bulls, Crew, Toronto. Out of those last four, they can really solidify, I think, them in getting into the playoffs. As long as they don't lose those other games. Yeah. I think if they you know lose a few but draw one or two of those other games I was talking about mm-hmm. against the tough teams, I think that they can I think that they'll be okay. Yeah, there's a bear of a schedule, but uh, and Montreal's got a similar. I mean, they've got Atlanta, Philly, and Orlando twice. Uh, they've got a Red Bull team that, again, is hot and cold. Every once in a while, they'll play well, but I don't know. They, they both have a pretty tough – I would say that D.C., I guess, having Nashville and New England isn't fun, but that being said, uh, the game against Nashville uh, is at Audi, and Nashville, as we know, doesn't play as well on the road. Um and I think playing against a New England team that's getting closer and closer to basically nothing really matters anymore. <laughs> yeah. Just them collecting points. Uh, it's at Audi. Like, that's a game I think you come out for and, and are aggressive for. Whereas the Montreal one, I'm just still I'm still a little bit iffy. They just don't score as much again as D.C. Yeah. So D.C. can at least hang in there with some of the teams that will score on them. Montreal has a harder time doing so. Here's the thing. I just said DC might want to draw a few of those games. 
Good luck. They have yeah. four draws throughout the season. They have 11 right. wins and 11 loss. So they're, they're pretty consistent with winning or losing and only here and there picking up a draw. That seems to be his, his stereotype though. He's, He's a coach that goes for it, or you know, yeah. And I, I mean, think it's kind of like I think like Bielsa ball, where yeah. you're either going to win is. or you're going to lose, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. There's, it could get really ugly. It could get really good. Um, yeah. And they've surprised a lot of big teams. So I, I kind of, I kind of hate for a lot of these teams to play him because I think like a Nashville, that's one game you go in and go, I think we could beat them, and then they end up smacking in the face. So I like DC though. I'm I'm excited to see what they do, and I'm excited to see what Montreal does because we were so down on them to start the season. But yeah, yeah, it'll be an interesting fight uh, for the playoffs there. Union moved up to fourth place after kind of flirting with falling out of the playoffs, but they've had two straight wins now a win over Orlando, a win over uh, uh, Atlanta, and that has them, you know, doing pretty well. The, the downside, right, is that they just cannot score as much as last year. Shabilko is their leading goal scorer with nine, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the same issue with Orlando. Nani is their lead goal scorer with nine. Yeah. Orlando has lost four straight now as they've lost to Atlanta, they lose to Montreal, Philly, and New England. That's a pretty tough stretch, though, too. I mean, that's a pretty pretty tough stretch of games, but uh, you know, Orlando, we all said before that I think they're going to be okay. It is a little worrying. They're at 38 points. They're only one point above D.C. and Montreal uh, in fifth place. How are you feeling as we go into the uh, end, end stretch here? Not good. Um, I, I think a lot of it, like you said, is is not being able to score. Uh, you know, having 37 goals. Uh, and, again, it, it, this is a league that that you should score quite a bit. Um, but Orlando having 37 goals, I mean, that puts you pretty much uh, bottom. They're sorry, they're still in like the top 10, but like you, you've got guys like FC Cincinnati, or sorry, FC, FC Dallas, uh, Salt Lake um, scoring more goals than you. And if you're looking to be a contender, which I thought they were start of the season, I thought that in the East they looked like one of the teams that was going to challenge New England um, and I guess Nashville for those top three spots or whatever. But now, I mean, it looks like Philadelphia and Orlando kind of in the same issue where they can't score. Um, they're having a harder time winning at home, which had not really been the case before. Um, you know, I think with New England, they, they hardly ever lose at home. Nashville hasn't lost at home. Um, New York City's really tough to beat at home because they play on a makeshift baseball field. Um, where in Orlando, you know, we've lost – quite a bit at home so it's it's not been it's not been easy um but again i i I don't know i'm concerned just because i I know now if you look at it if atlanta gets hot wins their games in hand they could put orlando in a really tough bind (laughs) as far as points wise they could bring them all the way back down and orlando could end up missing the playoffs uh, the way they're playing so it's concerning yeah uh it just hasn't really been good enough uh for Orlando I think that just I think it's just the gruel of the season right now right like yeah and playing with the same team I mean they really just didn't add much they thought okay like this team played really well last year and what did they go get well Sylvester Vanderwater who only plays when somebody's hurt Chris Mueller has been a ghost um you've had injuries to uh, AC uh, Janssen you've had injuries to 
Uh, I think Pedro is the biggest injury uh, that spell that he had to miss. That's been huge because he was so. Pato has played like five minutes. Pato played five minutes after looking really good. DK has been a ghost because he's been playing, you know, nonstop, thirty-six years straight or something crazy. He did score though. He did score the other. He did. Yeah, but I mean, just all those factors in, and then they're not playing well home, and home's their big thing, and that's been a big issue. Nobody on the in the MLS in the East wins on the road. Um, looking at these tables, except New England. <laughs> yeah, New England's the only one that that like everybody else is. I think the highest is four on the road, and that's Miami. Miami's the second best team on the road in the East, whereas New England's won eight on the road, which is why they're the cream of the crop, I guess. Yeah, I mean, look at it this way. New England got 35 points at home, yeah, and they've got 27 points away. Right. Right. Nashville has gotten 30 points at home, 15 away. Yeah. Um, and then look at the Orlando. West. Orlando, 13 <laughs> points yeah. away, 25 points at home. Uh, if you look at the West, yeah, like you said, you have like Seattle, 22 points at home, 26 points away. 26 points at home for SKC, 20 points away. Uh, you know, they're they're Colorado Rapids even, 24 points at home, 21 points away. Um, Timbers have like six, uh, I think, sh- what is it, six straight wins or something, um, which is the biggest stretch right now. Or hold on, they've gotten one, two, three, four, five, six. They've had five wins and one draw in their last six games. It's pretty good. Yeah. And they faced Seattle, Houston, Vancouver, Colorado, LA, and RSL. So, yeah, it's, I mean, uh, Portland's been a pretty good story um, as they started out really bad and they've kind of turned it around. They're my supporter shield winner pick. That's turning out wrong. LAFC uh, was a good pick. LAFC. It's a great pick for you, man. If if you if they don't make the playoffs, we can already be like, okay, well you're wrong with that. Like at yeah. least Minnesota is probably gonna make it, and I have a shot, right, for that pick. And then on the East, we had nobody winning anything except for Wooden Spoon over here, and that might still be true, but it'll be Toronto and not Montreal that we have <laughs> listed there. So it's going back to Canada, Montreal. Yeah, it's still going to Canada uh, yeah. so far, unless if uh, this Yapstam less. Uh, Cincinnati just continues to falter. Uh, so let's look ahead. Wednesday, we have Atlanta versus Miami at 7 o'clock at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We have TFC versus Cincinnati at 7 o'clock at BMO Field. DC United versus Minnesota at Audi Field at 7.30. Montreal versus New England Revolution uh, in Montreal at 7.30. Red Bulls versus Philadelphia at Red Bull Arena at 7.30. Chicago versus NYCFC at SeatGeek Stadium. That's Soldier Field, I guess. What? What is SeatGeek Stadium? That would be the Red Bull. Wait, no. What the heck? Why would Chicago not be at Soldier Field? Is that what they call Soldier Field now? That might be what they call Soldier Field now. I thought I was just looking at something earlier that definitely said Soldier Field. That's why I'm really lost. Hold on. Seat. Yeah, no, it is, it's I guess. SeatGeek Stadium? No, SeatGeek Stadium is in Bridgeview. It's the Bridgeview Stadium. Why would they be playing back at Bridgeview? Uh, that must be incorrect. Unless if there's a conflict of interest. 
Is there a Wednesday? What the hell would be on a There's Wednesday? no Wednesday football. A concert, maybe? <laughs> they kicked them out. They're done. Like, you can't play. It's on your field anymore. I will say, watching the New England game was god-awful uh, with the lines every which way, and I couldn't tell. Oh, here we go. Okay, here we go. I looked it up. Chicago Fire announced on August 24th, by the way, so we're behind, that uh, there's a conflict at Soldier Field due to the Chicago Bears schedule. The Fire will – do they play Thursday? Yes, the Bears do. Wait, no. No, they don't play. I have no idea. Anyway, the Fire is going to host NYCFC at SeatGeek Stadium in Bridgeview. Bears play oh, the Lions. They are unable to play games at the venue within five days of a Bears home game. Uh, so since they're going to be playing, the Bears uh, are hosting the Lions on October 3rd. They're not able to play there within five days of a Bears game. That's goofy because New England's playing with the – Yeah, freaking... not the same ownership though, I think. Yeah. That's probably why. Like the, the, there's guys kicking field goals out there at New England's game. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Columbus uh, versus Cruz Azul in the Campeones Cup uh, on ESPN2 on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. That is the winner of, you know, MLS Cup and the winner of uh, the Mexican uh, Liga MX, um, which is what that is. Atlanta won that trophy last time. Dallas over SKC um, at 8 o'clock. Nashville versus Orlando at 8.30. Colorado versus Austin at 9 o'clock. Houston versus Vancouver at 9 o'clock. RSL versus LA Galaxy at 9.30. LAFC versus Portland at 10.30. San Jose versus Seattle at 10.30. All those games are on ESPN+, Plus, except for that Columbus Cruz Azul. That's on ESPN2. Then on Saturday, we have Austin versus RSL at 3.30 at Q2 Stadium on Unimas TUDN and Twitter. Uh, we have Montreal versus Atlanta at 7 o'clock in Montreal. Cincinnati versus Red Bulls at TQL Stadium, 7.30. Orlando, D.C. at 7.30 at Exploria. Dallas and Minnesota at 8 o'clock. Vancouver and San Jose at 10 o'clock. Then on Sunday, NYCFC versus Nashville at 12 SKC versus Houston at four. That's Unimas TDN Twitter. Philadelphia Union versus Columbus at four o'clock. Toronto, Chicago at four. Portland and Miami at 5.30. LA Galaxy versus LAFC at eight o'clock. Seattle and Colorado at 10. Um, FS1 is the Portland-Miami game, and LA Galaxy, LAFC, and the L Traffico's on ESPN. And we will be in October, the next time we have an episode. That is wild, because then we're only down to about a month left. Yeah. And guess what's coming up? World Cup qualifiers. Qualifiers. Uh, that's so exciting. It's a lot of fun. Because that's the, what days is that? That's like, I'm saying it's like the 7th of October. I think people said the qualifiers are like 10 or 11 days from now. Something like that. I could check to see him in the U.S. Men's National. Okay, there's no matches in 2021. That's October 7th. Okay, yeah. USA versus Jamaica, Honduras, Costa Rica, Mexico, Canada, El Salvador, Panama. 
they were so nice to me this uh international window if those times are right <laughs> yeah it's it's beautiful because i think they play in cincinnati and mm-hmm. nashville maybe mm-hmm. and then they play like a sunday game but it's like i think it's their away game but it's yeah it's during uh the day so it's like oh wow they were really nice as to like you know MLS this Wednesday was brutal to me. All those games are at like nine and nine thirty, and I like, can't watch any of those. I, yeah. mean, I can, but I'll be uh, halftime. I'll be done. So <laughs> gotta love that. They never call me on these things to discuss uh, scheduling. Yeah, no, we don't have that type of pool yet. <laughs> yet, uh... <laughs> yet. Uh, you know, maybe in a few years we'll be able right. to use our sway. I think a World Cup will definitely have say on. What time the games are? Yeah, playing. I'll call up Infantino and say yeah. we gotta worry about these times. As long as you have money, you can tell him. <laughs> yeah, not enough money. This uh, this podcast has only made us like six bucks, right? So hey, I'll tell go. people, man. I know we're rich. <laughs> we're gonna stop um, listening. Yeah, stop paying our bills. So that about wraps us up. Any other things that stuck out to you, or any news that we didn't cover? You think? Nothing crazy. Bob Bradley's contract ends uh, soon. I do know that. Yes. They were, they were wondering. Will he go to Cincinnati? Yes. If he'll That's go to a Cincinnati. No. No. Then they were wondering if this window doesn't go well, then he's always going to have that, hey, could Bob Bradley manage the U.S. men's national team? Which I'm still going, no. Because uh, I just don't know. I don't know if his methods work anymore. Like it, with that team, like I don't know if he could coach that team. That with team seems, yeah, the team seems seems a little. Uh, I don't want to say fragile, but fragile. Uh, I would have loved to see how he would handle the Weston McKinney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need that. Um, the we are LAFC show or whatever, but we mm-hmm. need the the U S men's team show with Bob Bradley, just dropping F bombs at Weston the whole time. <laughs> Weston's already on the plane back to Italy. Yeah. After the first training. Uh, but you can follow us on Twitter at stateside show, Instagram at stateside show, facebook.com slash you guessed it. Stateside show email doc, uh, email.com. Email <laughs> us. That's another shirt idea there. Email stateside, <laughs> stateside show, gmail.com. And uh, we will catch you next time. Uh, Thanks for hanging out. Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.